Welcome to the Tom Mecki Real Estate Podcast. Tom Mecki is a licensed real estate broker working with Lake Sotheby's International Realty in the Minneapolis St. Paul metro area. Now, here's Tom Mecki. Well, it's been an interesting month in real estate in Southwest Minneapolis. I'm Tom Mecki with Lake Sotheby's International Realty. And with me in the studio, as always, is the producer at Minnesota Podcasting, Marshall Saunders. Hi, Tom. Uh, So what do you mean when you say it's been interesting? Uh, What's happened that's uh, so interesting? Well, I, you know, I like to pay attention to, you know, what the media has to say about the housing market. And it's it's just kind of funny to me to watch and, and read the articles. You know, everybody says that the market is... Uh, coming to a halt and and it's we're going back into another recession and all the economic indicators are there but the statistics just aren't supporting those statements um, they always have to take this dark view right they oh do. boy if you're a buyer look out it's going to be awful there's multiple offers and if you're a seller oh my gosh your house of you know, the price of your house is going down they have to take some point of view that right. kind of uh, enlists your uh very peaked interest. Yeah, I mean, obviously, headlines is what gets attention. So, you know, people need to, um, in the battle for the consumer's attention, people need to put out those headlines that are going to, you know, get people to kind of perk up. But, you know, really what we're seeing, which is interesting, as of today, it's the exact same number of homes for sale in Southwest Minneapolis as it was just 12 months ago. Uh, that is down significantly from two years ago in 2016. But for the most part, the market has stayed really steady. And even though it's a little bit quieter right now and adjusted for seasonality, of course, less homes sell in the winter months than they do in the spring months, our market is strong. Uh, it's a good time to be a seller. Uh, people always ask me, should I wait till spring to list my home? My answer always is, you should list your home when you have the least amount of competition because there's always a buyer for a great house. And Southwest Minneapolis is a very desirable location. So if you've got a good house that you've maintained well, um, that has the features and benefits that the you know that um, really uh, appeals to a broad audience, there's no time like the present uh, to put your home on the market. I uh, and for example, I I just listed a house um, right after Thanksgiving. You know, a very nice uh, home that was remodeled a couple of years ago, high price point, sold in 13 days market time. So how does that change? Depending on the price of your home, does that does that the market time shift uh, a lot depending on price range? Yeah, I think that the media does uh, a, a disservice to to homeowners uh, because they don't put a lot of context around their headlines and their statements. Um, you know, they talk about the feeding frenzy that we've seen in the market, uh, but they don't give uh, the next statement, which should be. Well, in what price range? You know, obviously, housing affordability has been a hot button the last couple of years. So, you know, properties priced below, say, $300,000 in any market, whether it's southwest Minneapolis or the suburbs, uh, those properties are moving at, at breakneck pace. But if you look at the median sale price of southwest Minneapolis, which is now in the, you know, uh, mid, you know, 500s, Uh, in certain neighborhoods, those properties don't sell in 10 days, right? Or in 24 hours. Now, some of them do, right? If you have a really well-maintained home um, that appeals to the broad audience, that's priced really well in a desirable location, yes, those are going to sell quick in this market. Um, But the more you get into the upper bracket, uh, the more 
agents need to manage sellers' expectations when sellers are hearing what they're hearing from the media. They need to say, hey, look, here are the market stats. An $800,000 home in the Fulton neighborhood still takes three to four weeks to get an offer. Um, and so we just need to communicate that with our clients. Sure. And it just goes back to what you were saying before about competition. Uh, the higher the price home, the fewer people in society can afford that home. And so therefore, uh, the, the clamor to buy it has to reduce a little bit. Oh, that's absolutely correct. You know, uh, and obviously, there's fewer people in the marketplace uh, this time of year versus the spring. Um, but I, I think what you just said is uh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, there's just not as many buyers for homes that are priced between 800 and a million as there are f- under 500,000. Now, give me an idea. How how does this change as you go to different parts of the Twin Cities? Uh, is Southwest Minneapolis an anomaly? Is it a bit different than other parts of Minneapolis or uh, going wider into the, you know, outer ring suburbs? I believe I believe it is. I mean, I think Southwest Minneapolis is actually outperforming a lot of the suburbs uh, in terms of um, the time on market, uh, percentage of asking price uh, realized by sellers, uh, and um, average price points. Um, you know, the average price per square foot in Southwest Minneapolis right now for uh, an existing home is right around $230 a square foot. I mean, that is significantly mm-hmm. more than what we're seeing in the suburbs. Now, that also has to do with the homes in the suburbs are obviously a lot bigger, right? Uh, but and the cost to construct those homes is, is, is different than it is in the city. But uh, you know, it's really interesting, it, even looking back to the recession, Southwest Minneapolis wasn't impacted as extremely as the outer ring suburbs were, and it recovered very, very quickly um, from that recession. Uh, so did other communities like Plymouth and Edina, where you've got really strong school districts. So I think the thing that really drives that is the quality of the schools in the Southwest Minneapolis neighborhoods. They're the most desirable schools in the Minneapolis Public School District, so that that obviously helps. And of course, the you know the attractions, um, uh, the city lakes, the you know the arts, the restaurants, those the types restaurants. Of things. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Southwest Minneapolis has exploded with so many awesome places to eat. Yeah, it really has. I mean, every night of the week, if you want to go have an amazing experience, there's there's a different place you could go for a couple of weeks straight. I mean, it's just amazing. And uh, living in the neighborhood that I live in. It's, it's, it's phenomenal. It's tough on the pocketbook, but um, every night of the week we could go to one of the top 10 restaurants in the Twin Cities. So it's a pretty special place to be. You mentioned the seasonality of real estate and, you know, uh, we're getting into the Christmas time here in December and mm-hmm. are, is anyone out looking for homes right now? I mean, are you out showing like you would normally, or is it just yeah. really quiet? No, you know, it's funny. I had a closing this morning for someone who wanted to get into their house before Christmas. Uh, yes, pe- the market is active. Uh, there are still people looking to buy. They're still, um, th- you know, we're still getting inquiries on on listings. We're getting showings on our listings. Uh, the showing activity is down compared to, you know, the warmer months. But look, uh, it, the market doesn't completely shut off. Uh, it just throttles down a little bit. And we are we are seeing people looking right now. So, Well, you know, moving on from market stats, uh, I've been hearing so much about this 2040 comprehensive plan in Minneapolis. Sure. Uh, and quite frankly, I live in St. Paul. 
I think everyone in Minneapolis is kind of crazy. So <laughs> I kind of, you know, don't listen to it too much. But I know that there is a lot of people that are really upset about it, uh, primarily related to triplexes and density and stuff like that. Sure. What? Give me kind of a brief rundown of what the 2040 plan is and, and how it relates to real estate. Sure, I can do that. Well, the 2040 plan is is a comprehensive vision of what the city leaders and city planners, um, you know, how they want to manage infrastructure over the next 20 years. One of the things they need to address is housing uh, density. Uh, they want to increase housing density, and that started with Mayor Ryback. That was part of his vision, and um, you know, it's carrying through with the city council. And a lot of it has to do with infrastructure. Uh, housing is a big piece of that. Um, uh, you know, so it's it's if we're going to achieve the density that that we as a as a as a city set out to do, um, we've got to address housing, right? And the reason why we're looking at you know the triplexes and things like that as an option is because that that type of housing uh, is you know really what the the market needs uh, and wants. Also, the, the the existing housing that we see in Southwest Minneapolis, a lot of those post-war era Ramblers or Cape Cod style homes, they're just functionally obsolete for the way people live today. That's why we're seeing all the redevelopment that we're seeing in Southwest Minneapolis, because um, people need just the space needs to be different uh, than what it currently is. Mm -hmm. And what's also interesting is we're seeing a lot of baby boomers and empty nesters wanting to come back to the city, but they don't want to live in a place where they got to manage a yard or, you know, maintain an old house. So they want something that's a little bit newer. They want more modern amenities in a house. They want closet space. You know, <laughs> these old houses, they don't have any closet space. They got tiny kitchens. They got laundry rooms that are in the basements. Nobody wants to go down in those basements. So the, the, the comprehensive plan addresses um, what's really just been a trend in Southwest Minneapolis is the redevelopment of our urban neighborhoods. And, what we're finding is we just we need to build housing that can accommodate more people uh, and and optimize space, and that is one way in which it can address that. And so the big hoopla, uh, right. you know, the kind of the negative reaction is it's always uh, not in my backyard, right? Oh, of course. You know, uh, people don't want to have the homes right next to them torn down. Right. These kind of big homes, and sometimes they're pretty large homes, put on relatively small lots. Right, um, and they're really against that because it changes the face of a neighborhood. It does, and then also, you know, when someone says density as a positive, yes. there's just as many people that see density as a negative. More people on the streets. Oh, I got to wait in line. Right. Blah blah blah. Um, from what I've read, the idea is if you increase density throughout a city, mm -hmm. it avoids having those hugely densely populated areas that have high rises and and sometimes become blighted neighborhoods because it's so densely populated in a, a singular area. And it's more healthy for businesses, it's more healthy for infrastructure, and it increases the um, the tax base yep. for the city. Yep. But I understand. I mean, you live in a neighborhood that's seen its fair share of tearing down, reworking. Yes, well, I also live in a house that, you know, I live in a new construction home. Yeah. Um, we didn't set set out to tear a house down. Um, you know, the the property that we had acquired, um, we couldn't reuse anything. So we were forced into um, 
starting over. And it was actually more economical to start over. And I think what a lot of people need to understand is uh, the economics behind construction today, it's just more cost effective to start over than it is to try to retrofit these old structures. Right. Um, with the building codes and the requirements that are out there and just the engineering of floor trusses and the way things go together, it's just easier for a builder to just start with a clean slate. And, you know, with the warranty requirements that builders have nowadays, you know, they got to warrant the structure for 10 years. I don't know a lot of builders that are going to be real confident about putting a new structure on an old foundation if it's not structurally sound. And so that's why we're seeing um, the new construction. And, you know, quite frankly, I think it makes sense. I mean, a lot of the materials that the older houses, while they have a lot of charm, right? The older houses were built with materials that aren't necessarily that healthy. Mm -hmm. And so when you're when you're tearing apart one of these old houses and putting them back together, you know, you can be exposed to things like asbestos and lead-based paint and all kinds of other things that aren't that aren't great. So, you know, a lot of builders are are now starting to build um with greener construction materials, low VOC paints, natural products uh, that, that are, you know, really supposed to last a long time. So I think that drives a lot of it too. Of course, until 50 years from now when we find out that those were unhealthy. Uh, oh, of course. <laughs> There's, nothing's good for you. Nothing's <laughs> right. good. You know, nobody gets out alive though, right? <laughs> <laughs> but going back to the density question, I think what people are afraid of is, let's say you have a neighborhood like the Kenny neighborhood in Southwest Minneapolis, where it's street after street of one-story and one-and-a-half-story Cape Cods. So you got the one-story Ramblers, the one-and-a-half-story Cape Cods. And I think what people are afraid of is that in the middle of one of those blocks, a triplex is going to go up. Mm -hmm. I don't see that happening as a matter of practicality. A smart, savvy developer who understands that you've got to design for the aesthetic of the neighborhood and the architectural integrity of a neighborhood won't put a triplex in the middle of a block of one and a half story Cape Cods. We are, where I am seeing them go in is in neighborhoods in Uptown where you've got a lot of uh, two and a half story Victorians that are falling apart and a, a developer might tear one of those down and build a, a three story triplex that, you know, from a size and a scale perspective fits in with the house with the with the you know the height uh, of all mm -hmm. the other neighboring houses might be a little bit more modern looking, but at least it's not this giant structure among a lot of small structures. So I don't see that as a huge risk for homeowners in Southwest Minneapolis. It might happen, but I think the market will correct itself rather quickly. Um, you know, someone who's not a smart developer might try to put one of those in, and they'll be met with some serious backlash. It, it probably won't happen again. Yeah, and it might not sell. The, the market but, kind of corrects itself. And correct. If if they build something that's ugly and not wanted by the neighborhood, most likely no one will want to buy it, and therefore people are cognizant of it. Right. You know, they don't want to buy a house where they think the neighborhood the neighbors are going to hate them. You know, for living there. So, um, you know, if you're going to build a house in Southwest Minneapolis, you you're signing up for some some scrutiny and some criticism. You got to have some thick skin around that. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're thoughtful about your design, you're thoughtful about your neighbors while you're doing a project, generally it goes pretty well. Well, thanks, Tom. Thanks for uh, the show today. Absolutely. And uh, we'll pick it up in January and see what's going on then. Sounds great. Thank you. This has been the Tom Mackey Real Estate Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are Tom Mackey's alone and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Minnesota Podcasting or Lake Sotheby's International Realty. 
Tom Mecki is a licensed real estate broker in the state of Minnesota and can be found online at tommeckey.com. That's T-O-M-M-E-C-K-E-Y.com. This podcast has been produced by Minnesota Podcasting, and they can be found online at www.mnpodcasting.com.